This is Kent Clothier. If you are looking to improve your life, improve your business, and just get it all together, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Time Is Now podcast. All right, brother. We are live. How you doing, dude? Doing well. Doing well. Thank you for the opportunity, Mr. Clothier. Oh, man. It's my pleasure. My guest here for the next 30, 45, maybe even 60 minutes, Mr. Bedros Koulian. How you doing? Everything good? Yes, sir. Doing well. We are in massive pivot mode and no better time to talk about that than today. Amen. That's the reason why I wanted you here, dude, is because um, obviously you and I have been friends kind of for basically the last year or so. I've, uh, I pay really close attention to what you're doing online. Love it. Love, uh, you know, I have nothing to do with the fitness industry, but overall I love, you know, you as a CEO, you as a leader, the way you inspire your tribe, the message that you deliver, you know, your book, Man Up, is, is uh, an amazing book. And so I just want to kind of, again, give everybody a taste of, uh, of you and uh, really kind of get down into the weeds here, what people should be doing, what it takes to be a leader right now. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, first of all, let me tell you this, dude. Everyone thinks that leadership, you know, building up to this about three weeks ago, everybody was talking about leadership and leading from the front and leaders eat last and all. But I'll tell you, you get to see who's an imposter and who the real deal is very quickly when they realize leadership is not a title. It's an action. And you're either doing it right now or you're dying quickly. Man, ain't that the truth, right? It's so funny. You know, I've mentioned this a couple of times, but you uh, Warren Buffett saying that you get to see real quick when the tide rolls out who's swimming naked. Um, I mean, you're clearly seeing that. There's basically two camps right now. I don't know. I don't know if you agree with this, but I think you do. There's basically two camps, right? You got the you got the people that are retreating, pulling back, retracting, doing this kind of thing, uh, not stepping out in front. They're kind of maybe in their own minds they believe that's leadership, um, and then you got the other people that are stepping out in front of it, saying, "Hey, get behind me, follow me. I'm going to show you exactly what to do. I'm going to demonstrate it to you every single day." Um, and, and I mean, you're either one or the other. And, and I don't think, I mean, you, I think you've got to pick a side. You've got to pick a side right now. Yeah, you, you have to. And if, that's the most dangerous place to be because what they don't realize is the tsunami is coming. And if you're thinking that I'm going to wait and see, and in a couple of weeks, we'll be back in business, business as usual. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's not going to be fine. This economic disaster that's happening right now because of COVID-19 is going to be slowed down because of the financial relief that the government's giving us. But all that's doing is pushing it down the road. In other words, right now, what the pain and pinch you're going to feel, what you were supposed to feel maybe this month, next month, and the month after, you might feel six months from now, but you will see that wave hitting. And people who think that they're going to wait and see instead of actually leaning towards action and pivoting and finding a new way to make money, reinventing their business, they're going to suffer big time, Kent. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, let's take a step back because I want everybody to kind of uh... – I mean, you, you crushed at my live event. Like I said, we've had the opportunity to get to know each other. Uh, I have a ton of respect for you. I would love for you to kind of spend the next few minutes kind of telling you a little bit about your story, kind of what you've accomplished, because it's, it's amazing, brother, and it's, it's truly, truly inspiring. Yeah, man. So I've got a very different perspective. Like when you talk about quarantine and lockdown and what's supposed to be happening right now, like people need to realize you're not on quarantine. You're not on lockdown. I come from the Soviet Union. I was six years old when we escaped. I remember when my dad was plotting for us to escape in 1980 and he bribed the, the communist government, um, the KGB got word of it and they came into our house and they put us on a real lockdown. Like we were like leaning against the walls in the hallway as they inspected the whole house, making sure that my dad wasn't taking any, any uh, steps to escape. Now, obviously we were, but my dad was doing it in the right way and he wasn't, we hadn't packed bags or anything. It was gonna be like pack and leave when we were ready to do it. 
Otherwise, they would have taken my dad out to Siberia and killed him, and it was would have been the end of it. That's just how it is in the communist country, period. And so I've seen that country go into lockdown. And so when my wife and kids were going to the grocery store recently, and they're like, man, the, the aisle where the toilet paper is supposed to be is empty. I'm like, let me tell you something. Now imagine every aisle that way, and then imagine snow on the ground, and imagine the building being wrapped around with people waiting in coats to get in and buy something. Like, that's a lockdown. That's a quarantine. And I share that because... Right now, Tony Robbins has been talking about the winter is coming for the last two or three years. He wrote the book Unshakable about it. He interviewed financial people, and every single one of them said this thing is coming. Now, no one was able to predict, well, other than Bill Gates, that it could come in the way of a virus, right? We saw it happen in 2001 with the terrorist attack. We saw it happen with the stock market crash and the economy went down. We saw it happen in 2008 with the housing market crash, the economy went down. But in all three of those economic crashes, whether it was terrorist attack, uh, stock market, or housing market, you still had a way of life. And I think that's the big difference here. You still had a way of life. You take your stress out in a gym. You can go watch a movie and disconnect at a movie theater. You can go walk through the mall. Can't All of a sudden now, you can't do any of that. This is the real deal. Like you are stuck at home in your own thoughts, listening to the media, who, by the way, is there to feed you fear and uncertainty. That is their job because good news does not keep people attached to their televisions to sell ad space. Bad news does. You're wired that way for fear. And so because of that, people are consuming fear and doubt. They're living in a state of uncertainty. And whether you have a job or a career and you lost it or you're about to lose it or you have a business and all of a sudden you find your business is either shut down or it's not doing making sales. You better figure out where the money is because money never disappears when the economy crashes. You know this. Money just exchanges hands, and all we have to do is figure out who has the money now and what new problems do they have because of this disaster that we can solve. And I'll give you a great example. We've got about 800 franchise locations of Fit Body Boot Camp and growing. And within 48 hours, two and a half weeks ago, we went from in-person group training programs to shutting down the doors because we had to and pivoted in 48 hours to online coaching. Not only did we keep and retain the clients that we were serving in person by going online and using Zoom and Facebook groups and follow along workouts and nutrition coaching online and uh, and all the types of software and stuff and checking in and, you know, texting them uh, videos and pictures, uh, engaging with them. But we also went ahead further and we said, all right, what is the new problem people are having? No one can work out anywhere. So people need to still work out. They need to work out at home. No one's solving that problem. F45 isn't. Orange Theory isn't. They just went down and canceled memberships. I said, we're not going to do that as Fit Body Boot Camp. These people need to work out and have a high metabolism, have a high immune system, lower their stress. They need to have community and be connected while they are on quarantine. And so we're going to create that environment. And we're going to create a 28-day Stronger Together at-home challenge in that 48 hour period. And we started getting their clients to sign up to our online coaching program. And my franchise locations are growing because the new problem is people need to work out. They're stuck at home. So I created the solution for it. My franchisees developed, uh, uh, deployed it. And we are now growing and taking their clients. So when our doors open, we will have more clients than we had when our doors closed. And that's the pivot. That's the finding the new problem and solving it in exchange for money that I don't see enough people doing right now. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, again, and we kind of touched on it at the beginning here. I think that you see, uh, you see guys like yourself. You see others that are out there that, that they are pivoting. They they quickly understand. I mean, this is this is a war. I mean, it it is a it is a you are fighting for your business. You're fighting for your customers. You're fighting for the attention. You're fighting for what you've worked so hard to create. Why would you uh, approach this like this is a vacation? Like this is you know 
um, you know, like this, like you're a victim, like there's, there's somehow out of your control. Clearly, we're all I mean, there. You know, right. This is a life changing event that's happened to everybody. But that does not mean that 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 transactions are not not still happening. And to your point, there's still an opportunity to solve real problems for people. Sure. Like, dude, people have I'll, I'll give you a great example. Uh, you've got kids. I've got kids. Their schools are out. Right. We both live in Southern California. And so my son was taking skate lessons from a young man here who's a professional skater in town. And this young man was like, he's 24 years old. He had a good customer base uh, doing basically one-on-one skate lessons and group skate lessons at a local skate park. And he stopped teaching my kid and we were sending them to, to him twice a week. And I'm like, dude, my son needs you more than ever. He goes, yeah, but social distancing. I'm like, listen, turn on Zoom. We're going to keep paying you the $45 per session that you train with him. Turn on Zoom, show him the tricks step-by-step, and then he's going to do it, and then you give him feedback, and then we'll keep paying you. He'll keep getting better because I don't want my son sitting indoors right now when school's out. He's like, brilliant. So he pivoted his business. So anyone that thinks that their business is not pivotable is out of their mind. They're just bananas. And if they think, and by the way, I voted for Trump. I don't care what someone voted for, what their political, I voted for Trump. But anyone that thinks that our president right now, who is a wartime president, anyone who thinks our president was telling the truth, whether he meant to or not, about we're going to be back in business by April 12th for, for Easter. Dude, we're not going to be back in regular business if ever. Like you might just be seeing a new normal moving forward with how this thing is affecting the economy. So people taking that wait and see approach, like I'll just wait and see and we'll get back to normal. You are going to be hit by such a tsunami that you won't know what happened. So you better pivot. Here's another example. My dentist. So he reaches out to me. He's like, well, I follow you on social media. I see you telling people to pivot to online, online this and online that and some kind of remote that. What can I do as a dentist? Nobody wants to come see me. No one wants me near their mouth. I'm like, hey, doc, you told me that you were looking to invest in homes and you were putting money aside for, to buy rental properties, right? He goes, yeah. I go, now's the time that you stop being a dentist and you become an investor in homes and real estate because now is the time to buy for pennies on the dollar. I go, stop looking at your business, your career this way. Now you're just an investor who happens to be a dentist. And he goes, holy shit, what a revelation. That's the thing that people need right now is you got to start, stop thinking linear and start getting creative in the way you think. Let's go down that for a second. So, you know, we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that are watching here. How do you, if you're sitting there and you're coaching your franchisees or you're coaching, I know you have a lot of coaching students that aren't even franchisees. uh, You're coaching these business owners. How are you walking them through the process, just like you did with your dentist, of, looking outside, right? I mean, there's got to be some things, some, some exercises, some things that you're trying to wake up their possible, you know, the, the opportunities for them. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing I do, I do is I go, Hey, give yourself outside eyes, which means go pretend like you're in a helicopter looking at your own life. What new problems do you have in your own life? I said, when I did this for myself, I was like, all right, I've got a son who's 14 and a daughter who's 12 who are now stuck at home. And I still have money. I still have money. Thankfully I pivoted fast. My franchisees, continue to pay their royalties to me because I helped them pivot. So I still have money, thankfully. Right. So, but my new problems are, I'm not, I'm not my, I don't want my wife to go grocery shopping anymore. So one, who's going to go grocery shopping for us. Someone needs to solve that problem for us. I've got a son and a daughter that are, that are at home and they're going to start doing at home schooling, but who else is going to keep them occupied? What could I do for them to get some kind of knowledge, wisdom, activity, help them coach them, through some kind of Zoom-based training, online remote-based training. So I've got new problems. I need my car oil changed, 
And my wife needs a new windshield wiper. It's flopping around on her on her Land Rover because you know how that is. And when all of a sudden every mechanic shop shuts, the windshield wipers take a shit. <laughs> Some mechanic should be reaching out to every affluent person because you can just follow them on social media. Like, show me everyone in San Diego who's rich, and I'm going to find Kent Clothier. I'm like, hey, Kent, does your car need to be washed? Do you need an oil change? Is your is your is your windshield wiper flopping around? Can I come change it for you at your house? Like, those are all new problems that have been developed that people need to then serve us and then take our money for. And so I said, the moment the exercise is always, you use outside eyes, look into your life. What are the problems that I have? Okay, that means others have those problems as well. Can I solve some of those? Yes, I can. Then I better start looking for those people and start solving it. But instead, we look from internal. Most people just sit there internally and go, how am I going to make money? Thinking somehow the idea is going to pop, not realizing that they need to look at themselves with outside eyes and literally coach yourself. Be your own coach. Right. Well, I love the idea of, of, you know, I mean, literally, if you just sat down and started writing out, what are the new challenges in my life? It's funny you said that because I just had that conversation with my wife yesterday. I was like, you cannot go grocery shopping anymore. I don't care about anything. We're, you're not stepping foot in a grocery store because I don't want anything. I mean, we've done a really good job of keeping uh, our house quarantined off and I'm just not willing to take that risk right now. We've got, we've got some cases that are, that are local and I just don't want that going on. But to your point, now that's a pain, now that's a pain point, right? Right. I mean, it's, and there are, I, mean, I love that. There are so many of these going on. And oh, by the way, guys, there are only tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people in your community that are now looking for different opportunities, whether virtual or whatever. I mean, there are still, People need to transact. People need to make money. Commerce still has to happen. And by the way, commerce is still going to happen. By, by the way, to that point, you know, you being in real estate, especially being a real estate investor, you, you, you'll appreciate this. Um, in Dana Point, there's a beautiful community called Strand Beach. There's about 230, 240 homes right on the water. Beautiful, beautiful homes. And the guy who's showing us homes right now, there's this one home that we're looking at. It started off at 16 million, went down to 13. And of course, two weeks ago, uh, not two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago, he texts my wife and he says, hey, it's at $8 million now. The address is one oceanfront, Strand Beach. It's at $8 million. And uh, I'm like, man, it's been so long. He goes, no worries. I'll give you guys a virtual tour. And he went there and gave us a virtual tour and the business is still moving forward. Now, I'm certainly not going to close the deal based off a virtual tour and a one-time tour that I took maybe a few months ago, but he's moving us closer to closing the deal so that when this whole scare is over, I can go there, look at it, and hopefully pick it up for whatever, six, seven million dollars yeah. instead of the 12 or 13. He could have just sat there and said, well, I'll tell you what, when this thing is over, I can walk you through. But the dude is thinking forwardly because he knows this is the new economy we're in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and like we said at the beginning, I mean, there's two camps. Either, you, either you're stepping out in front, leaning in, making things happen, or you are retreating and, and again, hopefully anybody that's on this, the whole entire point of this entire online summit here is to surround yourself with people and give you enough information where you're kind of hearing the same thing over and over and over. You've got to lean into these things. You've got to figure out what the, what the next opportunities are. You've got to keep your, your wits about you, quite frankly. You've got to, you know, don't panic. Don't sit there and, and play into the fear game. Just get your shit together and then slowly start making the moves that are necessary. And maybe not even slowly, but to make the moves. Whatever you do, do not get out of the game. 
right? Oh, dude, dude, you nailed it. You, you nailed it. Because uh, can I tell you something? I bet if we went and asked everyone who's sitting in panic and fear about this thing, like, hey, do you know what you should be doing? Yeah, I should be looking for opportunities. I should be taking some move, no matter how small it is today. Then why aren't you doing it? And the answer is going to be fear, doubt, uncertainty, the what ifs. And so the, the reality is everyone knows the answer, what they should do. Just like whenever I meet people and they go, well, I should probably be working out. I should probably be eating right. Cause they'll see me on an airplane. I'm in pretty good shape. So they, the conversation always starts off with, what do you do? And I always tell them that I, you know, fitness, right? They go, well, I should eat right. I go, well, do you know how to eat right? They go, yeah, I know I should car- cut the carbs and cut the fat and eat more frequently, smaller meals. So everyone knows what to do. And so my challenge to everyone watching this right now, you know what to do. Be accountable to your wife, your kids, your future, your legacy, because three years from now, what if you sit there and you go, man, I knew what to do, but I just sat there in, in inaction instead of taking baby steps towards an action because I was so afraid of the what ifs. Well, and then, and then the other con job that people pull with themselves is, uh, well, it seems kind of opportunistic. And who look at the bottom line is you're the CEO of your own life. You have to, I mean, to your point, you're accountable to your, to your family, your friends, your community, everybody around you. Uh, to do and and take advantage of every opportunity you can. Nobody wished any of this distress on anybody else. But do not kid yourself for a moment. Uh, There is opportunity here, and there's an opportunity for whether it's a pivot, whether it's a wholesale change, whatever it is, there's an opportunity here for you to improve your life, not just survive. You know what, dude, and you make a good point about that, because anyone who uses that, that argument of it's opportunistic, I'm going to come to them and say, well, you're a selfish motherfucker. And here's why. The most selfish thing you can do right now is to have a solution to a problem that other people are experiencing and not share it with them during the time they need it most. Right? Amen. Wow. I mean, you're you're exactly right. You have a responsibility. Yeah. So, Pedros, do me a favor. So, let's go back. I want to talk about that 48-hour period where you pivoted, right? Because, I mean, that is so, so powerful. Kind of walk me through how that all played out and how, and how you did that, right? It's basically like, oh, yeah, I'm sure you kind of had that, like everybody does, that little oh shit moment. Like, all right, this is what we got to do. Let's go, right? Walk yeah. me through that. All right. So, you know, it's funny that you say that because I got to give credit to, to having a strong team and leadership. Like everyone sees on the front end, like I was on uh, Fox News uh, last week talking about that pivot and everyone's like, hey, great job, Bedros. But the reality is I've got team members, seven team members that are showing up every day here during quarantine. I'm at my corporate office. All of our team members, 40 some odd people are working from home. We chose not to fire anyone. We did do a pay cut, a 20% pay cut across, across the whole thing. And I, and I said, Hey, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take a paycheck right now until further notice. And it's to preserve capital only because I don't know what's coming, but I didn't want to have a knee jerk reaction and fire people and bring down morale of, of my team and then create like this fear. What if I'm next? I'm not firing anyone. You are going to all work from home because none of us need to get sick, but the seven of you leaders need to show up. And these leaders, what we did was, I was like, look, we see what happened in China. We see what happened in Italy. There's, there's going to be a lockdown coming, which means gyms are not going to be open. So which one of you is going to be in charge of creating the follow-along workout videos? Like I knew we needed follow-along workout videos. I knew that we needed to bring our franchisees online as quickly as possible so that they don't fire their staff and they can keep making money. And if my franchisees and their staff are making money, then they're gonna keep paying us our, their franchise fees. I'm gonna be very honest with you, and that's the only way I know how to be. Only two franchisees, knock on wood, have reached out to us and says, can you stop my franchise fees? 
And I was like, are you still making money? Cause I could log into your software and see that you're making money. They go, yeah. I go, then no, I'm not going to stop your franchise fees, but thank you for asking. And that's the truth out right. of 800. So I share this with you because I was able to delegate workout videos. Also mindset and nutrition, because that's a big part of what we do at Fit Body Bootcamp locations, keep people in a positive state of mind and then make them focus on, the, on their nutrition because you cannot out-train a bad diet, especially if you're on quarantine and your activity level has come down. So we said, all right, we want people to go from one workout a day to two workouts a day. So it was two follow-along workouts a day that they had to film. And so we filmed 30 of them in a five-day period, but we filmed the first six in the, in the 24-hour period. So in day one of 48 hours, the first 24 hours, we had already shut down all the locations because we saw it coming from LA and we said, hey, just do it across the board. That's our strong recommendation as a CEO and as a corporate office, moved everyone to online coaching. Everyone get a Zoom account, everyone get a Facebook account. We had one of our leaders teach them how to use Zoom and Facebook Live private groups. All right, so now we did that. So now you can do coaching of people. So hey, do this follow along workout and then all of us are gonna get on a Zoom like this and talk about how was the workout, how did it go, coach people along and then share the nutrition videos on a daily basis, mindset and motivation videos. And then we realized if this lockdown goes longer, what else are we gonna need? We're gonna need greater levels of engagement and accountability. So all right, two of you go out and find a piece of software that's gonna help us hold Kent accountable to his workouts. Did he do it? Yes. What, how did he like it? What are the results? What did he eat as far as tracking your nutrition and macros? So we found a software called Trainerize. We got them on board within that, within that 24 hour period. And in 48 hours, we made the pivot, but in the week of that 48 hours, which was two and a half weeks ago, we put everything in place. And then I went from doing literally a monthly live Facebook video to my franchisees in our private Facebook group to doing one three times a week. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I'm doing a live Facebook video to our franchisees. I go, guys, here's what we're doing next. Lead, communicate, be decisive, problem solve. Those are the four things I'm asking my franchisees to do with their staff and their lead. clients while I'm doing it with my staff. So lead, communicate, lead, communicate, be decisive, make a decision, make it fast, and problem solve. Got it. Make a decision. Problem solve. When you make a decision, a new problem is going to be created. You go, oh my God, I'm using Zoom, but the internet's choppy. What do I do? And we're going to go, since you have choppy internet, don't do follow along workouts live. Just do the pre-recorded ones that we gave you. So when you make a decision, it will solve one problem, but it will create a new problem. That's okay. Problem solve. Keep problem solving. Like do not stop until you're dead. Then you're, you have my permission to stop. And so I went to communicating with them three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then I changed my leadership, my L10 meetings. Um, do you follow EOS? Yeah. Okay. Uh, entrepreneurial traction, operating system. Traction, EO, yep, got it. Our L10 meetings, level 10 meetings every Tuesday at 11 o'clock. We went from weekly level 10 meetings to two level 10 meetings a day now for the last two and a half weeks. We just had one about an hour ago. And these level 10 meetings are what are the new problems that we've created or that our franchises are finding? How can we solve them? And then we literally create the solution and then come back. So we do a eight o'clock and a three o'clock, 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. level 10 meeting and then communicate that to our franchisees three times a week. And it's been an amazing, by the way, and then we go and we do the Ritz-Carlton thing. I've got employees now. We're not onboarding new franchises. No one's about to sign a seven-year franchise agreement with me right now in this moment. Right. But I've got an onboarding team that I've chosen to keep on board. So I said, hey, franchisees, you guys need to apply for the SBA 7A loans. You guys need to apply for the payroll protection plan. But you guys are super busy. You got a lot going on. My team members are going to call you guys up. We're going to get online. We're going to sign up for you. And getting my franchisees 
the SBA loans faster for them. So would they ever decide to stop their royalties to me when I'm going above and beyond in service, where my competitors, Orange Theory and F45, decided that they're just going to shut down the whole business, cancel all memberships, let clients go figure it out on their own, let the staff go figure it out and get unemployment, and franchisees are like, what the hell did we do? And so that was the difference. In 48 hours, we pivot, but the week of the pivot, we put so many things in place, created a new process of two level 10 meetings a day, three, three live calls like this with our franchisees, and it was we figured out very quickly, we need to lead, communicate, be decisive, and keep problem solving until this thing ends. I love that, brother. Bedros, let's, uh, let's shift gears for a second, right? I mean, these are challenging times, but I also, I also wanna talk about, you, know, you ha- have taken it upon yourself to really kind of step out in front not only during these times, but out in front, you know, the public persona, which is something you didn't have to do. Uh, you could have easily just been the CEO of a franchise and, uh, you know, the franchisor and run a very large company and never been a public figure at all. What's pushing you to try to inspire the people? What's pushing? Why'd you write the book, Man Up? Let's just start there. Yeah, that's a good question, man. So I've always been one of those people that likes to serve. And I'll give you a great example. Like I was a fat kid throughout high school. And the only reason I got in shape, Kent, was because there was a girl named Nakaya that I wanted to take to the prom the senior year of high school. And uh, a friend of mine who was on the high school football team said, man, you're a fat kid. So the summer of senior year, he taught me how to work out and eat right. I came back weighing 30 pounds less. I was in great shape. Um, I still didn't have the confidence to ask her out. So I never asked Nakaya to the prom, never made it to the prom. But my entire trajectory of life changed because all I wanted to do was be a personal trainer and wake up at 3.30 in the morning, train my first client at 4.30 in the morning, train clients all day long in the gym. I just wanted to make enough money to, to live, and that was it. I wanted to serve people and give them the results that I got. Not so much the physical and health results, but the confidence, self-esteem, self-image improvements that I got. So I guess it's in my DNA to be a servant, to just want to help people. And so as I figured out how difficult it was launching a franchise, dealing with the Federal Trade Commission, dealing with the different Federal Trade Commissions of different countries as we went international, I was like, holy crap, you could be a business owner and just be a marketer and be a one or two person show. Like there's a new level of complexity that comes with that. And with that complexity, it demands extreme leadership, like a high level of leadership. And leadership, again, the core of leadership is decisiveness and communication and vision. You must have a clear vision. You must communicate that vision to your people. And then that vision, as you go and execute, you're going to have problems. You better make decisions and pivot as you go. And those skill sets were not factory installed for me. And so Fit Body Bootcamp in 2012 and 13 was almost on its deathbed. I was $640,000 in debt. I had no idea how to run a franchise. I hated my employees. I hated my franchisees. And I only had like 118 of them at the time. And I was just done. I was done with it. Until I had the aha moment that my employees weren't the problem, that my franchisees weren't the problem. I was the problem. I was a poor leader, poor communicator, indecisive. And so I literally spent the next couple of years going through every book on leadership for 16 months. Every Monday, I went to Dr. Kevin Downing in Brea and went through my old shit because I was, I had gone through a lot of abuse as a kid and I carried that pattern with me and I would shut down when I was supposed to lead. Like a leader is supposed to step up, not shut down when it's time to lead. And so I figured out all my problems, fixed it. And I said, well, just like I figured out my problems when I was a fat kid and I wanted to help others. Now I figured out how to lead and grow a business and empire. I want to help other people never experienced the anxiety, the fear, the debt, uh, the panic attacks that I was having. And so I wrote the book, Man Up, because I literally told myself like, Bedros, you better man up and become the leader that Fit Body Bootcamp needs, or you will 
you will fail, your wife might divorce you, and you will never be known for anything. And that was the greatest fear I had because my father brought us to the United States, risked his life so that, son, you could become something, right? Like he came in here when he was in his 40s, bought a house and he bought another rental property. My dad became something. What a shame that his, his youngest couldn't become anything because he failed because of leadership. So I felt so much debt to my dad to having to perform that, again, I went and I did it. And I wrote the book, Man Up, because it was man up, become the leader that you're supposed to be and leave the legacy that you're supposed to leave behind. Like we're supposed to leave the people and this planet better than we found it. I really believe that to my core. And so I just do that through coaching, through books, through free content, Uh, whatever it takes, I will leave this planet better than I found it. And in the process, the world repays me with a lot of money that I give my family experiences with, and I'm going to leave legacy wealth behind for my kids and their kids and their kids. Dude, I love that. I love that. I love the, uh, I mean, you know, you and I have that, that commonality that, you know, you know, I mean, we spend enough time together where we clearly understand what the common thread is between us. And I mean, you're just hitting it, hitting the nail on the head for me, man. It's just, it's so powerful to know that, that what you're, what, what you're here to do is create impact, right? You're here to make sure that that's it. That's it. I mean, that's a life well lived. Holy smokes, man. Cause at the end of the day, once you have your life expenses covered, what else are you looking for in life? You're looking for some sense of significance to be a part of something. Now more than ever, we have the opportunity through social media, through podcasting, through YouTube, through just getting on a zoom call like this and, and, and being able to serve your tribe. Why wouldn't I? Why wouldn't I? Holy smokes. A hundred percent, dude. Talk about, let's talk about the project here for a second, because it's something that I know that also you're very, very passionate about, which is, it's kind of like the next level as you're, as you're going through this journey. And I mean, you're, you're effectively documenting this journey, you know, all along the way, whether it's through your podcast, through your books, through your speeches and, and on social media. And I, obviously a lot of people are paying attention. Um, let's talk about the project here for a second. Yeah. <laughs> 75 hour mentally, emotionally, and physically demanding taxing uh, evolution experience for men. And um, here's how it all started. Part of manning up in my book, man up, I talk about how I decided to start putting myself out of my comfort zone. Cause every book I read was step out of your comfort zone, step out of your comfort zone. You want to, you want to level up, step out of your comfort zone. I'm like, how do I do this? So the first thing I decided to do, I was going to train for six weeks and run the San Diego marathon. And so I figured what the hell, I'm going to train for six weeks, run the San Diego Marathon. That was way out of my comfort zone since I've never run a marathon or never even come close to running a marathon. I did that. And Kent, I got to tell you, after finishing that marathon, it was painful. I felt so proud of myself. I saw the impact in my marriage in a positive way with my kids, with my business, with my, with with my, everything, my mindset. So I took on another challenge that I'm going to train for six weeks and get in the cage and fight with an MMA guy. It was horrible. And so I talked about this in my book, Man Up. And then I was afraid of heights. So I, I hired a guy and I said, hey, we're going to go out to Joshua Tree three times a week and you're going to train me for six weeks and I want to go as high as I can in six weeks. He goes, check, got it. And just to give you an idea, day one, I went up, I went up just a bit and then I, I panicked and I froze. And he goes, Bedros, are you okay? I go, no, I want to come down, Mike. He goes, what do you mean you want to come down? You just started. I go, I want to come down. I've gone high enough. And then he reached up and he touched my foot and he goes, Bedros, you're right here. You're like six feet off the ground. Like that's how embarrassing it was. But once I overcame my fear after those six weeks of, of, of the heights, it was amazing. Again, relationship gets better. Money gets better. Mindset gets better. I get an even better physical shape. And so I realized when you push yourself through adversity and through pain and suffering, 
you discover your greatest self. Like you become your greatest self. And so knowing that, I was like, so I talk about it in my book and I said, hey, if you yourself through a ton of suffering and adversity and you will discover your best self if you choose to stick with it. So all these people who read my book reached out to me and they're like, hey, you got to put some together, something together to help us go through this. I don't know how to make you suffer. I know how to make myself suffer. I don't know how to make you suffer. Well, all of a sudden, a guy who's a SWAT sniper in Idaho reads my book and he goes, hey, I want to come and work for you. I go, you're on a SWAT team. How can I help you? I don't know anything about cops. He goes, no, no, I want to come work for you. We got to do something together. Great. Come on out. He moves his family out. A friend of mine who's a Navy SEAL says, I'm tired of deploying for the CIA. He's done 40 deployments for the CIA, Ray Care. Uh, here's the bearded, angry guy who uh, you'll see me post pictures of. And he goes, I've done 40 uh, missions with the CIA now as a SEAL. And um, I'm like the oldest guy there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to die one of these days. and My family's going to regret it. I go, Ray, do you think you can run a... 75 hour experience. He goes, yes. I go, come talk to the SWAT guy. He's a Marine. And he's like, I want to live in California and run my gyms because you've taught me how to do this remotely. So he's in California. We're working out together. And I'm like, Hey, would you want to be part of the part of the cadre of running this thing called this project that I'm creating? He goes, what is it up? I go, I don't know, but it'll be about three days. And I need the three of you to put people through like hand to hand combat and, and weapons training and, and suffering. And then I'm going to teach him the mindset and entrepreneurial stuff. Sure. So before you know it, the cadre was created. Since I kept calling it this project, it just, the name stuck, the project. And uh, it's $12,000 per guy. Usually it's for males, entrepreneur, married with families, because that's who I was when I was suffering in silence. And I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but when men are under pressure, we never talk about it. We don't go, so Kent, let's go and talk about this over a glass of wine. Right. We don't do that really well. My wife does that with her friends really well. I wish I had that ability. Instead, we talk about shallow, superficial stuff, break these guys down two guys at a time for 12,000 bucks a piece, and the Navy SEAL, the Marine, the SWAT guy are going to run the experience, fatigue them, tire them, beat them down, and then I'm going to go into their head and rewire them along with my uh, therapist who taught me all these cool little tricks to help what we call help them unfuck themselves. And so now we focus on the four F-bombs, family, fitness, finance, and faith, and the guys who don't quit this thing and graduate, we call them modern-day knights. And it's uh, what took me f about four to five years to level up into a leader, a better father, husband, entrepreneur, we can accomplish in 75 hours now. It's, it's bananas. Dude, I think that's so freaking cool. I think, it's, I think it's amazing. I think it's super cool. And I, you know, um, I don't know if you, if you knew who, who actually went on before you today, but think about it. basically I had Steve Weatherford and Jesse Itzler were the two guys that went on. And now here's three people in a row that are all tougher to talk about uh, that you got to push yourself, you know, through these physical things to realize the best version of yourself. I mean, I think it's uh, talk about kind of hitting a common theme from high achievers, you know, kind of unknowingly. That's, that's, uh, it's amazing. Well, there you go. Like if, if I was a viewer of this right now, and, and obviously those two other guys that came before me, Weatherford and Isler, let me tell you, I look up to those guys, awesome dudes. Weatherford's been a coaching client of mine before and holy hell, like success leaves clues. And if you've got three dudes telling you the same thing, like that might be a message that it's time to start suffering physically. Like put yourself under pressure, folks. Amen, baby. Last question here. I just want to ask you. So talk to me. I know you had an important mentor that came into your life early and kind of helped guide you. Talk to me about that. Let's, let's kind of just visit that for a minute and talk about the value of mentorships. You know, how, how important a role this plays, not only in, in your journey, but, you know, we all know uh, many, many uh, entrepreneurs that, We'll all kind of tell a very similar story, right? I mean, how, I mean, I, I clearly will. So let's talk about your story here for about mentorship. 
I, I talk about him in the book, in my book, Man Up. And um, so when I was a personal trainer working at LA Fitness, I was making like 12 bucks an hour and I had a handful of personal training clients. And then at night I worked at Disneyland uh, as a busboy and a fry cook to make ends meet. And then on the weekends I was a bouncer at a gay bar because the gay bar paid more than the straight bar. That's the only reason why. Um, nothing freaky here. Um, <laughs> in case that was going to be a follow-up question, I just, I just come out the gate with it. Exactly. Let's just kill that. Yeah. 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 So anyway, having said that, Having said that, uh, I was griping to one of my personal training clients, his name is Jim Franco, about why I'm so tired. It's a Monday morning. I was working all weekend on these side jobs. And he goes, why don't you open up your own personal training studio? I go, Jim, I don't have the money to. I'm not fortunate enough to have the money. He goes, well, you know, you don't have the resources, but why don't you get resourceful? Like every one of your clients are probably doing well financially if we can afford to hire you as a personal trainer. And so I found him starting to coach me in between workout sessions. And so he would work out with me three days a week. I would train him. But right before the workout started, right after the workout started, he would impart a little bit of message and a little bit of wisdom. And he would bring a Brian Tracy cassette tape, a Tom Hopkins cassette tape. Then it was like, read this book from Jay Abraham. I still remember it. Get everything you can from all you got. And I was so, I was so young and ignorant. And I said, these are real estate sales. Like Tom Hopkins, that's real estate sales. He goes, just when he says real estate, just hear fitness, okay? I'm like, okay. And it was a curmudgeonly older guy, so he didn't have a lot of tolerance for my young bullshit, yeah, you know? Right. And Jim was mentoring me, unbeknownst to me, and what became like this reluctant, like, okay, fine, I'll read that book. Okay, fine, I'll listen to that cassette tape, Jim, became this thing where I developed mentally, emotionally. I became more confident about, yeah, I can start a business and uh, asking clients for money and they can become investors in my, in my business. And I opened up Premier Results, my personal training studio in San Diego, right in your neck of the woods. And uh, soon it became five personal training studios. And then a big brand came through and bought me out. Um, but had I not had that mentor, that would have taken me probably an extra five to 10 years of growth. So what a mentor did for me, and I wasn't even, and I was reluctant in the beginning and resistant, they help you time collapse. They, they've already been where you are. They know what it takes and they're going to help you time collapse and avoid the frustrations and mistakes and just get to the outcome faster. So what I realized back then was I wasn't paying Jim. Then I go, well, what if I actually start paying mentors? So as soon as I could start affording it, I was getting mentors. I've been mentored by Joe Polish, Dan Kennedy, uh, Frank Kern, uh, you name it, Dean Graciosi. Like I bought coaching from everybody under the sun, and there's not a person I didn't learn something from. I've even bought coaching from really bad coaches. And instead of looking at it as though I got ripped off, I was like, what is the lesson in this? How did they market to me and close me that I was able to pay them the money without fact checking first. Right. There's still something I could learn there. And I still had a takeaway that I could apply in my business. But dude, mentorship has been priceless to me. And these days I still have mentors. Now they're speaking coaches. They teach me how to speak better, articulate a message, draw a word picture. Cause I speak on stage like your event to audiences. And I want to be able to articulate a message better. So mentors just help you time collapse and you're paying for speed. Yeah. It's interesting. Our stories are very similar that, that when you, when you step you know, I was very reluctant when my mentor was bringing me along. I was kind of the same guy, right? I didn't realize I was kind of being mentored along the way until I looked up and gained a little perspective and looked back. I'm like, holy shit, this is a guy, you know, I can see it now clearly. I was able to connect those dots. And then now, and then once you realize it, then you kind of flip the script. I'm like, well, shit, uh, 
I got to make that investment. So I've been the same way, whether it's been Kern or Roland or all these other guys that I've, I've paid over the years to mentor me and get me, or even when I, you know, all of my, all the speaking I do, getting a speaking coach, right? I mean, if you want to get the result faster and, and just get, you know, if you're, if you're that guy or girl that when you go to Disneyland or Disney World or whatever, right, you clearly know that there is a price you can pay to get that VIP treatment, to get to the head of the line. I want to get the result. I don't want to stand in three hours. If that's you, then there's, then you're clearly, you understand the value of, of like Pedro said, collapsing time. I can't, I cannot stress enough to you guys of, of how important that can, that can be in your career, especially by the way, in times like these. And I don't even need, I mean, like, educate yourself right now. Reach out to people, get, you know, figure out how to get the most benefit out of this time and this opportunity you have versus sitting on your fat ass and not doing shit. There is no way you should be in that mindset. Certainly not after after watching all of these, but there's no way that can be the outcome that is intended for us. You have to improve. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, how how unfortunate would it be that, that if life was just mediocre, that all, the, the if you played your cards right, you're going to have 100 years on this planet. And and to live just a life of mediocrity is so sad and unfortunate to me. It's an, I, I refuse that. It, it will not happen to me. Yeah, literally one of the brands we, we own, mediocrity is the enemy. And I, that's exactly, I mean, that's exactly what I, I mean, I totally believe it. I mean, you, there's just no point in being fucking average at all. Hey, dude, um, I cannot thank you enough. I know that you, uh, I know you carved this time out for me. I know you uh, cashed in a favor here and, and it really means a lot to me. I think, I appreciate you showing up. Thank you, Ken. Appreciate it. And thank you to your tribe. Take care. Take care, brother. Hey, thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you haven't gotten signed up yet with one of our award-winning products, I would invite you to go to reww.com. Check it out. Whether you're looking for advice on entrepreneurship, you're just looking for access to our Real Estate Investing Academy, whether you want to attend one of our upcoming live events, everything you need is right there. Plenty of videos, plenty of free training, plenty of access to software and tools that will help you to become a really successful real estate investor. Again, everything is right on the site at reww.com. You can also check us out at kentclothier.com. 